Playoffs? You want to talk about playoffs? Yes, that's right. Football's playoffs start this weekend, and there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you haven't checked out the app yet, there's no better time to sign up and start cashing in. To celebrate the most exciting time of the football season, DraftKings is giving you the chance to double your money. And all it takes is for one touchdown to be scored during Sunday's football games. That's right, once you opt in and place your bet, all you have to do is sit back and wait for a touchdown. While we are all excited for football, let's not forget the 2021 basketball season has kicked off, so head to the App Store now to check out all of DraftKings' daily odds boosts. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to have a shot at doubling your money if any touchdown is scored in one of Sunday's football games. That's code DNVR for new players to get a shot at doubling their money for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, the country is not falling apart, and you're listening to That's Good Broncos podcast here on YouTube and in your ears in podcast form. So make sure you subscribe through whatever podcast app you use. Today's episode brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Use code DNVR when you sign up to take advantage of their can't miss offers. We've got guest Chargers expert. Chargers insider from the outside, John Na of at bolts underscore blitz, a name I helped him coin, Will Keys, myself, uh, and my coffee company, benchwarmerbrew.com. Go there, buy my coffee, or get the fuck out of town. So, still working on a slogan, you know, um, not sure if that's the right one, but, uh, John, big Chargers fan. We've had him on before. We're going to talk about the Chargers head coaching search, the Broncos GM search, little Locke Herbert comparison, uh, AFC West too. Just some AS- AFC West talk. I don't know. Uh, I wanted to start with saying this. Uh, the Denver Broncos have become the first team to miss the postseason for five straight seasons after winning a Super Bowl. Let's see we somebody it, else try to break that record. Who who held the previous record of four seasons? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, uh, probably the Buccaneers. Ooh, probably right. I think the Bucks made it, but I'll, I'll come back. Oh, maybe it's the New York Giants. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my money on the New York Giants after 2011. Ooh, Giants would be a good. We'll guess. figure it out though. We'll figure it out. What about important distinction? Yeah. Those are some good guesses. Uh, okay, John, you were at least through some of our text mes- message uh, exchanges, which I will not post, unlike some <laughs> people who tend to date Von Miller. Um, <laughs> you were you were critical of Anthony Lynn at times. Uh, specifically, I think the reason everybody's critical of Anthony Lynn, some of his game management, clock management issues. 
Uh, I thought he was a decent head coach. I thought maybe he deserved one more season to try to prove it. What were your thoughts uh, on letting him go? Like, were, were you happy to see that? And, or would, did you want him to come back? Um, he, I thought he deserved, I thought honestly he was going to come back because he did go 3-0 and to close, or he went 4-0 and to close the season, 3-0 and against the division. So I thought that was going to be enough, but um, I'm not surprised they let him go too at the same time because what do you, it's, the question is what do you value, game management or locker room leadership, right? Like that's, that's where our, the balance is right now. Like we have a good roster. We have everything in place. We just need to find that coach that can balance both of the, that's good at time management, but also is respected and not a total goober in the locker room. And so um, is that candidate out there? Yeah, I'm sure there are, but are we going to find the right one? I, the history says we'll probably be uh, disappointed, you know? Well, I think like, um, the difference this time around, at least from when you guys hired Anthony Lynn, is you have a, a young quarterback who I think a lot of coaches would be excited to coach. And not that Rivers wouldn't have been like enticing for a head coach to come in and work with, but I think like the possibilities with Herbert might help get you guys like one of the, the top candidates. Um, I think like as a head coach, that's the first thing you should look at is who's my quarterback I get to, to work with. And Herbert's probably of all the, the vacancies out there, one of the best. And that's kind of crazy. crazy to say with the Detroit Lions have Matthew Stafford right now. The Falcons have Matt Ryan. Um, Deshaun Watson. Oh, yeah. Deshaun Watson. Houston, and then yeah. uh, Jacksonville. You're walking into a situation with Trevor Lawrence. It feels like so maybe just about every the worst. head coaching vacancy, uh, they're pretty ideal. You've got a quarterback just about everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, Herbert is the, the least experienced, right, outside of Lawrence. But the nice thing about Herbert or the most attractive thing is that the coach can put his fingerprints on him, you know, like kind of mold him into – whatever he sees fit. And so I think people are wanting Brian Dable, Dable, Dable. And then uh, I think number two after that, honestly, I haven't really thought about it. Hopefully they land Brian Dable. Cause Jason, uh, Garrett. Jason Garrett. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't like that's, <laughs> that's a, that frightened me as soon as that name popped up, because that is definitely a name that, the Spanos would hire. For sure. should. should have. I would have. I would have put past anything to an ownership that fired a coach that went fourteen and two. Right. If you if you have the balls or if you have the will to just fire a coach that went fourteen and two, the best team in San Diego in ten years at the time. Right. There was nothing. Nothing. No team better than that. The, the, everyone was super excited, and you just fired the coach, and you and. The next thing you do is hire North Turner and that's going to fire up the fan base. Hell no. And so I see the same thing happening with this coaching hire. Brian Dable is a hot coach, but Jason Gary can be like that dark horse candidate that just gets hired in the last, you know, the 11th hour. Yeah. Hey, John, could you uh, turn your mic volume down just a hair? Yeah. Or just push the mic away a little bit, maybe. Yeah. 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 Try it now. Yeah. Hello. Can you hear me? Is it better? Yeah, that's a, it, it was just peaking a bit. 
Um, okay, so I, I have a theory here. Um, Jason Garrett's name was one of the first to emerge. And now the Chargers have announced that they want to, they want to interview Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith, Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley, Panthers offensive coordinator Joe Brady, which <laughs> might be the best candidate based on his name alone, Joe Montana, Tom Brady hybrid, Casey OC Eric Bieniemy, Jason Garrett, and Brian uh, Dabble. Dable. We're not sure if the correct. I think it's Dable. Dable. Uh, so I think they said Jason Garrett, and then they're like, oh, shit, people don't like this. Let's just throw as many more names out there as we can interview so people forget we said we're going to interview Jason Garrett. Yep. That's exactly it. I don't know. I don't know what's up with this ownership that doesn't want to pay for top, like top flight uh, head coaching candidates. I don't, I, they just, I think the ownership is just, they don't want to butt heads with the, the coaches and they want a coach that would say, that will listen to them and say, yes. Uh, and Jason I, Garrett, famously the most submissive uh, coach in NFL history to his, his owner. <laughs> yes sir i'll do whatever you want just don't let me out of the building uh that's my impression of jason Darius. <laughs> yeah the chargers have a good you know they have a good group of veterans so they just need a guy who can just you know keep them together we, yep. we're not like a terribly young team you know that's been the Chargers' story for the last since they they let shot it shot never oh. go <laughs> pretty much <laughs> they got a bunch of pieces here as soon as the chargers put it together they're going to be great and then something happens um so unlike the chargers the broncos are keeping their coach john elway gave himself a promotion and joe ellis will be around for one more year and they're going to bring in a new general manager and all three of those guys could be gone after next season with a new general manager that would stay i don't know it's kind of a weird situation uh but the broncos will interview champ kelly from the bears uh saint scouting director terry fontenot brian fontenot brian stark denver's own scouting director george Patton, vikings assistant gm and vp of player personnel His name is george Patton. p-a-t-o-n leader yeah uh dave ziegler Patriots assistant director of player personnel. Uh, I know very little about all those guys, but I did want to mention the names of the GM candidates they would be talking to. Uh, did Chargers keep their general manager? Yep, Tom Telesco going to hire his third head coach. Oh, I, apparently that's uh, unheard of. That's very rare. Yeah. Um, well, how do you? Think, what do you think about him as a like a? just a GM, like how, what do you think about him uh, separate the hiring of head coaches, but player yeah. evaluation, all that kind of stuff, roster building. So Telesco's best, his best attributes are finding undrafted players, Austin Eckler's, the uh, Jalen Guyton's of the world. Uh, but sometimes that bites him in the ass too, because he tries to do the same thing with uh, offensive line, right? And we just never have a, healthy or good enough offensive line at the end of the season. So his, um, but with, when we look at his first round evaluate, uh, first round picks, a lot of them have been, a lot of the picks he picked have been talent that's fallen to him. Like a Derwin James, like he was supposed to be like a top five 
pick in his in his class, but because of injuries, he fell all the way down to like 16, I think, is where we picked him up. And the same with Herbert. Like her, like no one, no one wanted yeah. Herbert, right? He, he kind of just fell to us. And so it's kind of hard to the the hits that he've hit on have been really big hits, but ha, has he really gone out and picked them? Um that's a good I mean, question. I mean, it depends on how you look at it, right? He could I mean you have to give him credit if the if everybody else is passing on them and uh, they're the ones where they're like, yeah, the buck stops here. This is a great player. He's not getting past pick nine or pick 16 mm-hmm. or whatever it is. I think that's a good attribute to have as a, um, as a general manager. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to knock John Elway for taking Jerry Judy when uh, John yeah. Gruden was too stupid to draft him. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the, I think it's, the people. Yeah. Sorry, it's ahead, realizing Ray. the value in the, those players that are falling. Although if Derwin James, his question, you know, were injuries, that's obviously kind of been his only issue as a pro so far, staying healthy. Um, but even like Joey Bosa early had injury problems, as did Forrest Lamp, and as Forrest did Lamp, Henry. Jason Verrett, Hunter Henry. Oh, yeah. I, mean, Verrett, I, think I read somewhere like where Telesco loves to draft uh undersized guys like that's like kind of like his mo and I can because, he, because he kind of focuses on undersized guys they kind of fall in the draft so he kind of tries to steal value by uh kind of, a bit of money ball exactly a little bit of money but kind of it, it you know you're damned if you do damned if you don't anything he's just pick the pick the best player he heard that criticism of drafting undersized players He's like, I'm taking a six six quarterback. <laughs> we gotta balance Give me it the out. tallest quarterback they have. Yeah. Uh, all right. Drew Locke. Justin Herbert. Statistically, this year. Completion percentage for Drew Locke, 57.3. Herbert, 66.6. That's three sixes. I think Drew Locke wins that one. Uh-oh. Locke, passing yards, 2,933. Herbert, 4,336. Locke, 16 TDs, 15 picks. Herbert, 31 TDs, 10 picks. Herbert, passer rating, 98.3. Drew Locke, 75.4. So really, the only thing Herbert was worse in was having a completion percentage that shows that he loves Satan. So (laughs) not bad. Not bad. Crazy part is... They won basically the same amount of games. I know. <laughs> How do you explain that? Well, your defense is just in infinity time, or like what is it, exponentially better than our defense. Obviously. Well, didn't they didn't they have like a, a top ten offense and a top ten defense, but the special teams was like in the thirties? <laughs> it's oh, like no, the year they I think our first playoffs league. with the, oh, the yeah I think like two thousand offense and the number one defense yeah. How does that even happen? It's it's just it just goes to show like it, wow like maybe Anthony Lynn's game management skills are that bad. Yeah. <laughs> you like look at the stats in this team. It's like wow, this is a team that probably should have gone like eleven and five. Yeah, let me pull up. Let's see here. Where did the Chargers finish? Uh, in defense. Damn it. I had this up. Okay, so offense. They were 
top 10 in yards per game. Uh, but that did not, they were middle of the road in points per game. And then mm -hmm. rushing yards, middle of the road. So a lot of passing yards from Justin Herbert, maybe not enough touchdowns. Did the Chargers struggle in the red zone? Did you feel like, or were they okay? We were, I think we were okay in the red zone from what I remember. Like we all are, a lot of our touchdowns were bombs, right? We weren't very uh, good methodically. Right. Like the like a, an example would be that Vegas game where like it took us three tries to get a touchdown. You know, like that's kind of like sums up our whole red zone offense. It kind of takes us, you know, more than once. Right. And that's the most efficient uh, red zone offense. Well, like, it, it, like there's room for improvement there. You said the Broncos defense was so much better. Yeah. The Chargers allowed fewer points per game than even the mm -hmm. Broncos defense. So, but I, I'm just per, I prefer attacking defenses than, you know, zone let the offense mess up defenses. You know, I'm right. it, it seemed like the Chargers' biggest problem was if when they would get leads, they would revert to a a template that did not work every single time. <laughs> yeah, and how like how do you not come off of that after the third time, the second, the <laughs> fourth, fifth? The sixth, the seventh, the eighth. You know, like I don't understand. It's like they stop. They stopped attacking. They stop attacking offensively, and they play too preventative type defense with leads. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Well, looking forward to the playoffs this weekend. Uh, which which games you got your eyeballs on, John? Uh, I'm looking forward to the Indy Buffalo. Yeah, that's Indy the first Buffalo. game, right? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. the first. I it's kind of disappointing that it's the first game. I think it's going to be one of the best games. It should be that. the Saturday night game, shouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Get, the, uh, get Washington. I mean, who knows? Like the whole Washington situation, I can get kind of, I could get uh, a little dicey now. But no, the Bills earned uh, they earned a prime time like Saturday night game, and we're giving it to you know the Bucks and the Washington football team. Basically because of, you know, Tom Brady. Yeah. <clears throat> Don't care for it. Tom Brady playing a great defense in a team that has uh, offense that probably shouldn't be in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's going to be painful to watch that game. Right? It like, could be. Things, like, it's going to be death by a thousand paper cuts. Like, Washington – like, everyone's going to be like, why – like – I thought this defense was supposed to be good, you know? Like, that's what everyone's going to think by the end of that game. Because they're just going to be so efficient on offense. They're just going to make them look stupid. Chase Young is just going to be running around, not hitting anything, you know? Chase Young is going to be coming. They'll <laughs> <laughs> just get rid of the ball so fast. Yeah, it, like, in the playoffs, you need to have an offense that can sustain drives. And maybe Alex Smith is good enough to do that for Washington, uh, to keep the defense fresh so that they can continue to attack uh, Tom Brady. And Aqib Tlaib had Washington secondary in his top five no-fly zone defenses. So maybe maybe the defense is complete enough to actually cause problems for the Buccaneers. Like, I don't think the Buccaneers are as good as they've looked this last month. I think they've just played really shitty defenses. 
and even like the Lions, the worst defense in the league, they got the Lions when they didn't even have their, you know, half their coaches available, which right. now the Cleveland <laughs> Browns are going to have to deal with on Sunday night versus the Steelers. What do you think of that that situation with Kevin Stefanski not being able to coach this weekend? Do you think the Browns just need to roll with it? Or are you pissed off at the NFL like I am for not figuring out a way to reshuffle the schedule so that that game is like a fair fight? I mean, what, what, what else could they do? Delay it a whole week? Yeah. Do uh, do uh, I? But I still think the Browns can win. I still, I still think they can win. Like the Steelers are, they're they're like two and four coming into the playoffs. They're the only playoff team with a losing record coming into the playoffs in the last six games. Right? They've been struggling. They're not playing the best football. Cleveland is playing way better football. And if they allow this to beat them, it will beat them. But they definitely have a shot, even without their play caller. Because they're still, I think they're just still the better team, talent-wise. And if they let this whole COVID thing beat them, it will beat them. But if they can just rally around it, I think they can pull it off. That's a good point. A a rally a rallying cry. Um, mm-hmm. I know Will sort of believes in that with uh, some teams. Like we've talked about it with the Saints when Drew Brees gets hurt, the Saints as a team get better. Uh, the Browns, though, uh, they had this chance against the Jets. And they did not respond. And my concern is the Steelers, the one thing they do really well is pass the ball, uh, at least when they are winning. And the Browns' biggest weakness on defense is uh, their secondary. So assuming the Browns can run the ball, which is a question mark against the Steelers' defense, like I don't know how that's going to play out. And I think give it a few days, however long you need to postpone it, and then – just if like we can get extra day of playoff football here and there, I think that's a good thing uh, because six games opening weekend, that's a lot to digest in just two days. And if you spread it out a bit to make it work, mm. don't you get, do you guys get like first wild card um, weekend or the first playoff round of the year? Um, I know Brandon, you have to wait till like two, until that first wild card game on Saturday feels like an eternity um, for me. I mean, for me and John, we have to wait until 1 PM and it just feels like forever. Cause we're used to games starting at 10. Yeah. Uh, and then I get so pumped up for it. Like for the first game, first game's never usually good, but usually get a good game Saturday night. And by the time Sunday afternoon rolls around, you get that Joe Buck, Troy Aikman game, whatever I'm exhausted. And I like, I, that's like, it's a almost a tradition. I don't mean to do it, but I always take a nap during that fourth wild card game, and I don't know how I'm going to keep my energy up for six games. That's a lot. It's crazy. Gonna it's need, so many. Need some energy, maybe some bench warmer brew to help you get through <laughs> the weekend, guys. Oh, talk about that's a plug. The best segue of all time. Speaking of other things you can purchase, ah. Uh, why don't you take a look at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. We're heading into the playoffs, football playoffs this weekend, and there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook. If you haven't checked out the app yet, 
there's no better time to sign up and start cashing in to celebrate the most exciting time of the football season. DraftKings is giving you the chance to double your money. All it takes is for one touchdown to be scored during Saturday's football games. That's right. Once you opt in and place a bet, all you have to do is sit back and wait for a touchdown. While we are all excited for football, let's not forget the 2021 basketball season has kicked off. So head to the App Store now. Check out DraftKings Daily Odds Boosts. DraftKings safe, secure, reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up. Uh, to have your shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in one of Saturday's football games. That's code DNVR for new players to get a shot at doubling their money. For a limited time, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. You got to be 21. This is for Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. John, if you're the Broncos' new GM, do you keep Drew Locke or do you try to find a new quarterback? Get rid of him. Ooh. Out the door. That tells us we should keep him. <laughs> Doesn't it? Well, it depends. He like he literally only plays well against the Chargers. <laughs> like literally, if you look up his stats, like he has like he's like only his only winning record is against us. So I yeah. see him, I see the best of Locke. And even the best of Locke doesn't entice me. Doesn't get you excited. Well, like, yeah, if you want to, like, be stressed out until the fourth quarter and he finally does something, you know? Yeah, it's hard. We've seen some flashes. We've seen some really bad play. We don't think there's been a – this has been a good season to really evaluate him or any yeah. any of the Broncos, for that matter. Totally, yeah. Um, Do you keep Vic Fangio? Can he be kept? Can yeah. you be, like, Do maybe the head coaches stick around? Yeah, I think I well, I think him and Anthony Lynn are very similar in that. Yeah, I think in terms of he's got control of the locker room, like players. I don't know if they like love Vic Fangio, but I think they respect him. Um, Does he call the defensive plays? Yeah, calls defensive plays. um, I mean, and he had to because our defensive coordinator was out for like six weeks with COVID. So wasn't even like an option for a while. So he's really good at that. And he's the one thing he's done better than, uh, I mean, Wade Phillips was great with the Broncos defense, but like Vic Fangio has gotten the best out of. He's very resourceful. Whoever they've had to start and they've had to start some, some really deep depth players this year. Um, So like, I've always been impressed. I've always been impressed by the Broncos defense. Yeah. So, you know, that part of it we like and it's just so much of the Broncos success depends on the quarterback and the offensive coordinator and we don't know if Shermer's the guy but yeah I mean like if you don't think Drew Locke's the guy then you got to find somebody else and I'm in the spot where if they replaced him I would be fine and if they stuck with him I'd be fine like I can argue both sides of it and I don't know which one is right I feel like the Broncos should go for Stafford. Like, uh, you guys have a lot of good young skill skill guys and then really good, solid defense. Yeah. Insert veteran QB. No, I love that. I love that. But, would like, do you think the Lions are actually going to move on from Stafford? I heard you assume it's going to happen. What's that? 
Well, we all assume it's going to happen. And I don't for yeah. Detroit, like with the hiring a new head coach, the appeal of that is like, you don't have to go out and take a chance on a quarterback no. because you have Matt Stafford. It does. It just, we think the same thing with Matt Ryan and that you don't know with that either, because Arthur blank said today, like, even Matt Ryan and Julio Jones aren't a lock to be on the roster next season. And they might be in place to actually draft a quarterback. I don't know about the lions. They, they might be as well, but they're at seven. Um, and I like, I don't think the lions are unless they trade up with lower, like the jets. Yeah. It's a little lower than you, than you have to be to get. Um, Cause it's like, all right, if you're, if you're in a position to take Lawrence or fields, um, regardless of how you feel about those guys, but that's, the general consensus right now for one, two, um, then, then you can be, you can sell like, all right, Matt Stafford had a great run, but we're building for, you know, the next 15 years starting now versus, oh, we're really going to let like a very proven commodity in Matthew Stafford go for, um, you know, whoever the hell we're going to take at seven, who's just a total question mark. Yeah. I just heard rumors that he wanted out. Like he's yeah, gonna force his way out. <laughs> it's yeah. it Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan not being with their teams are two of those rumors where you've heard enough people like mention it via whatever outlet that you just start to think it's gonna happen. Yeah, but then well, when you start to assess Aaron, the situation, you'd be like, why the fuck would any GM or coach not want that guy when they came in there? Totally. <laughs> like, right. Uh I think it's just their PR people like throwing out the feelers, right? Like maybe throwing out the news, like, hey, don't want to be here. And Come yeah, the, the Falcons pick fourth, the Lions pick seventh. Um, you know, so maybe Atlanta could swap spots with the Jets. Uh, but just like if you're the Jets and you're going to move on from Darnold, you can have what Fields or do you look at Stafford and Matt Ryan as an option? Like are the jets actually one of the top landing spots for those two guys? It's just a, it's a clusterfuck. And I hope a lot of movement happens, but it feels like we're being set up for all of these possibilities. And then none of them are really going to play out. That's just usually kind of how it goes. I can see Darnold staying. Like why, why give up so fast? I'd say the same thing about Locke though too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do, I feel like, I, do you feel like you see more out of Locke than Darnold at this point? It's, it's hard because I, okay. I think Darnold is a more gifted quarterback. Um, and I think Adam Gase is a horrible head coach to have for a quarterback. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is like a good example of it. Um but it doesn't take away from how bad Sam Darnold was this year. Like he looked good at times against the Broncos and you see him make like some throws in games. You're like, Holy shit. But overall he was maybe the only quarterback who is worse than Drew Locke. Maybe <laughs> outside maybe of Carson Wentz. <laughs> maybe we don't blame the head coach here. The common denominator is obviously Joe Flacco. There it is. We have found the problem. <laughs> Joe Flacco putting little bits of nonsense in their ears the to destroy them. Joe Flacco starting quarterback destroyer. Like the anti-Josh McCown. Think of think about like Lamar Jackson when when Joe Flacco was with him. 
didn't look didn't look great. Looked yeah, like the took only off thing as he soon could as do was go. got out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what if he's just whispering weird stuff in their ears? You know yeah. the the real test will be if uh, the Buccaneers sign Joe Flacco to back up Tom Brady next year. Ooh. And then if that is the the year that ends Tom Brady, <laughs> and will you will have even more of my respect. Glad we got to the bottom of this. Yep, it's Joe Flacco's the problem. Yep. You think uh, India has a chance beating Buffalo? Yeah, I think uh-huh. they have a good chance to beat Buffalo, and I'm Frank all Wright. in on the Bills. I'm planning on riding the Bills all the way to the Super Bowl, but I think the the Colts are they're like the team I would not want to be playing in the first round of the playoffs. And it's because uh, they, they don't have a weakness outside of your boy, Phillip rivers and the bills, maybe one of their flaws is consistently stopping the run. And we've seen the Colts really start to take advantage of rookie running back, Jonathan Taylor and everything he can do in the running game. So I think if the bills, can lose it is to the Colts and it's because they don't have like a big weakness either their special teams is good their defense is good their offense is good so the Bills got to play a great game and assuming the Bills play their best game and the Colts play their best game I think the Bills win but that rarely happens in the playoffs or who's going to make the mistake the young guy or the old guy exactly it's that's an interesting question because Brandon you said Philip Rivers is a weakness which I I agree. And, and on one hand, yes, he is, but he can also be uh, the thing that pushes the Colts yeah. over the top. Like if Phil Rivers gets hot, then yeah, then they're suddenly super, super dangerous. Uh, he can also throw a late pick over the middle in the fourth quarter with five minutes left. Obviously that can happen. So there's so much variability there. Uh, whereas I don't think a lot of the other quarterbacks have that much like range where I wouldn't be surprised if they threw, you know, three picks or five touchdowns. Uh, Josh Allen is, I'm kind of curious to see because he just lost his shit in the playoff game last year against the (laughs) Texans and clearly like mentally wasn't there. He was erratic and laddering the laddering the ball to offensive linemen so I'm curious to see, you know, mechanically he's grown from one regular season to the next, but I want to see where his head's at in a playoff game. And this is a huge game. This is the biggest game of his life. This is the first game uh, where the Bills fans are going to be there. Um, the Colts are, are a tough team that are not going to lay down, and there's all these expectations on the Bills for the first time in 25 years. And I, I want to see if – that kind of pressure crushes yeah. them no it's it, it that's another big worry of mine but I, like i think he is a different quarterback now but I you, do can't, too. you can't evaluate a guy where he's at mentally you know what i mean yeah um, you just don't know unless you're a football psychologist <laughs> which would be cool but i'm not rivers has played the bills six times guess what his record is against the bills Six and oh? Five and one. Five Ooh. and one. What's the stat? How many touchdowns did INT did you think? I don't know. 17 touchdowns, two picks. What do you think, Will? I'm going to go what's five and one. 14 touchdowns, four picks. Wow. 
13 TDs, one inter- one interception. Ooh, so he does not turn the ball over against the Bills. Yeah, but this six. is a bit different Bills team. And the Bills' strength on defense is their secondary. So uh, I feel like he's going to make a mistake. I feel like Josh Allen is going to make some mistakes against that Colts defense. I mean, they're yeah. – they're better on all three phases of their defense than the bills are like they have a pass rush. They've got one of the best linebackers in the league and Darius Leonard, and they have a good, they have a, you know, they have a good solid secondary, really good rookie, uh, Julian Blackman. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, the, they, bills, the only thing with the, their secondary has been giving up a lot of yards now. the last couple of games, last couple of games. They've been strong. Yeah, the Colts the are, but- the Colts aren't perfect either. That's the thing. Yeah. They're, they're the seven seed for a reason. Um, they've lost some close and important games, but if they get their team who could get, but every team in the AFC is good. Like the Ravens yeah. would scare me. The Titans as bad as their defense scare me. Um, you know, you've got the bills. The, the only team that really doesn't scare me is the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah. It's fucking bizarre. And the Browns, like if, you know, they're a full strength. They don't scare me. Yeah, they're average in terms of scariness. Yeah, I just don't know. That can run the ball. Like we see it. We saw it last year with uh, Tennessee in the AFC and San Francisco in the NFC. These teams that run the ball, like they commit to it and they don't stop and they don't care if their quarterback throws, you know, goes like six for seven in a, in a full game. They're just like going to run the ball down your throat. And the only team, like you said, that, I don't think is uh, close to capable of that is uh, the, the Steelers. Yeah. They're the worst running team in the NFL. Yeah. Not just the playoffs, the NFL. They're 32nd. They're like 3.8 yards per carry. Yeah. And one of the things I talked about in the wildcard preview episode was they don't even do a good job of getting their running backs involved in the passing game. Yeah. I think that's like, they, they try to do short passes to their receivers and that's kind of one of the reasons they've had like a ton of drops, but when teams don't run the ball, they usually get their running backs involved in their passing game. And for whatever reason, the Steelers just really haven't done that this year. Maybe that's something they do in the playoffs, but. Uh, I don't think it's going to start now though. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, who do so you. The only, yeah. The only advantage the Steelers have is that they've, they know they can bully the Browns. Like they just have that mental. <laughs> yeah, fair one. enough. That's pretty much it. And then that could possibly lead them to victory, though. Like that could be the only thing they need. But I'm hoping it's not. I really do believe in the Browns. Like I really do. I think they can pull it off. I do too. I want to see it. I I really want to see that. It's it's kind of poetic that they beat the Steelers. I don't care who was playing to get into the playoffs. Their first game in 18 years in the playoffs is against the Steelers. They're la- the last time they're in the playoffs, they had a huge lead against the Steelers pre-Big Ben. This is Tommy Maddox. Ooh. So it just feels like this is this like monumental hump for them to yeah. get over. Is that Kelly Holcomb? I think, yeah, I think it was Kelly Holcomb. The Browns? Yeah. That, so was, I, I, that was a crazy game, I think, from what I remember. It went like, down to like the last player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah you're like the Steelers are definitely going to have that that mental edge um and then they have the the COVID edge too but 
I, I see, I do see like an avenue to the Browns winning and it's just dominating time of possession and getting, you know, a couple timely turnovers. Like they're very time. similar to how the Colts, if the Colts win, very similar to how they would win, right? Like possess the yeah, ball. Yeah. Don't let the other quarterback touch it ever, you know, make very little mistake. That, I mean, that's the key to beating any passing team, right? Is even if you delay when they actually start getting things going, uh, in the playoffs, as long as your defense is decent, like you have a good chance to win. If Buffalo can't get off to kind of a quick start and it takes Josh Allen and the passing game till the like, you know, third quarter to get going, it might be too late or that's how you keep it close enough to, to get a win. Um, and also with, I saw a thing today with this is the first time the Browns and the Bills are both in the playoffs for the first time <laughs> since 1989. Oh, wow. so the best case scenario, and I don't even know if the paths would make it so we get there. I think they me, played that year too. What's that? They played that year too. Oh, did they in the playoffs? They went head to head. Yeah. Wow. Browns so won. A Browns Bills AFC championship game would be awesome. Ooh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Second one would be. Bills Colts play a AFC championship. Uh, we can't see that. That's <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Bills Colt, uh, Browns AFC championship game, uh, would make me happy. Do you, if you're gonna pick a big upset this weekend, John, Ooh. what do you think? And same question for you, Will. Don't mean to okay. exclude you. you Got to think about that. How many of these games really are like potential upsets? I guess Colts Colts winning would be an upset. I don't think the Ravens beating the Titans would be an upset. I think the Browns wow. beating the Steelers would be an upset. Washington beating Tampa Bay. Would that would be, be the upset. biggest upset. That'd be yeah, that'd be a big not upset. on paper, but like in our hearts. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, What's the I think game? Chicago and uh, Chicago North, Saints, New Orleans Rams, Seahawks. Rams Seahawks. Ooh. The Rams, oh man, the Rams are kind of similar to the Washington football team. They just don't have a quarterback. Yeah. They have everything else in place but the quarterback. Yeah, but they got Sean McVay. <laughs> I mean, did they have a quarterback uh, the last few weeks before Jerry Goff got injured too? So. But even with him in, it was like the the. Uh, I really like the Rams. It's just I just don't believe in who they have behind under center until they change that person. That's fair. I think but their defense is playing insanely good right now, right? Their defense right. is compensating for their offense like four times full, I feel like. It's the, the Rams are interesting. If John Wolford starts and they get a win, then I think that'll be the biggest upset of the weekend, maybe. Um, and Wolford, if you want to compare it, compare him, just go to the, the 2015 Broncos Super Bowl run, right? Where their offense was not good, uh, but basically Peyton Manning took over, made sure they didn't make any mistakes, uh, got a couple touchdowns against the Patriots with Owen Daniels. They get to the Super Bowl. Their defense carries them. So Wolford, even though he wasn't great last week, he didn't – did he throw a pick? Or did he, he throw a pick? Yeah, the first he did, pass was like a pick. Yeah, very first pass. Very first pass was a pick, but after that – He was okay after that. He had like 250 passing yards, no picks, and he had almost like 60 rushing yards. So he does add like a, a different element to the, the Rams offense. And if he's 
safe with the football and they use them to run a little bit, maybe the Rams could be like that surprise team that emerges. Another thing uh, to keep in mind with that is who's been the best guy against DK Metcalf this year, Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey yeah. Bolton. It's, yep. And the Seahawks offense hasn't been great for like the last month and a half. They were great against no. the Jets, but uh, they have to yeah, turn it up. <laughs> so I feel like the NFC is, I mean, they're both toss-ups, but for completely different reasons. The NFC is a toss-up because outside of the Packers, I don't know which team is actually really good. And the AFC is a toss-up because outside of, you know, the Steelers, I think all of the teams are really good. Um, so I'm going to pick the... I have to. I'm going to pick Washington to be my upset victory as they beat the Buccaneers Very on brand 20 to 17. Yeah. I mean, if they go up like 14-0 really fast, even then, I don't know. The Chargers went up like 21 points and we still lost to them. Yeah. <laughs> What's the outcome you guys are most sure of? Hmm. Ravens beating the Titans. Wow. Interesting. I just have third time's a charm. And Lamar Jackson is just, he's going to win. I feel like he has to win. He, I think he has definitely has the most pressure on him to win. So it's, he'll pull it off. I'm going to sound hypocritical because I think the, <laughs> the most, uh, the lock of the week is Buccaneers beating Washington. Uh, <laughs> and I just picked them to be the upset. I think maybe um, the Saints over the Bears, but even the Bears. Bears defense can make that game interesting. I forgot that was a game, to be honest. Yeah. There's a path to the Bears winning too. It's their defense plays really well, and Drew Brees looks old as hell and, and can't do it. And then uh, they stuff Taysom Hill, and you get a couple plays out of Mitch Trubisky that just do enough, and he doesn't turn it over. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I see that one happening. No, all these games are, are they're good. It's a good, good wild card weekend. AFC games are far superior. I think, uh, you know, we're we're we root for rival teams, but we can come together on this, and that's the AFC is way cooler conference. Yep, way cooler. Mm-hmm. Much better, much better. All right, guys, that's enough of this shit. Uh, John. On Twitter at Bolts underscore Blitz. Had to get that underscore, huh? Bolts Blitz was taken by somebody. Yeah. Wait. I didn't even check. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with Dan Mitchell talking Bills. He's a Bills guy. So we're going. Is he the mustard ketchup guy? I don't know. Have you seen that clip of that dude just getting blasted with mustard? He's like no. supposedly like a tailgate like legend over there. Oh, uh, I don't think so. Is that, are you, is that Pinto Ron you're thinking of? I don't know, but he's like some Bills fan that like this dude. Look it up. It's like it's like a thing. Yeah. It's hilarious. Alrighty, you made it to the end. Good night, and John Elway ACL. Playoffs? You want to talk about playoffs? Yes, that's right. Football's playoffs start this weekend, and there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's 
top-rated sportsbook app. If you haven't checked out the app yet, there's no better time to sign up and start cashing in. To celebrate the most exciting time of the football season, DraftKings is giving you the chance to double your money. And all it takes is for one touchdown to be scored during Sunday's football games. That's right, once you opt in and place your bet, all you have to do is sit back and wait for a touchdown. While we are all excited for football, let's not forget the 2021 basketball season has kicked off, so head to the App Store now to check out all of DraftKings' daily odds boosts. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to have a shot at doubling your money if any touchdown is scored in one of Sunday's football games. That's code DNVR for new players to get a shot at doubling their money for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.